You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, but the point he took from that is this. Because Mary kept herself, she was usable for her purpose. When you abuse yourself, you cancel your purpose. Praise the Lord. So he learned from that that he should continue to keep himself as a single man, you know, separate, fleeing from fornication or any such thing, so that he will be ready for that thing for which God created him for. That is a word that every one of us should hear. So once you do not, you know, I think I have something like that written here. Maybe I'll just talk about it. I wrote here that any product, anything created, human or otherwise, can be used or allow itself to be used in an unlimited number of ways. But until it's used for the very purpose for which the maker or creator made it, it will be a tragedy. Praise God. So it's not that I do something. It's not that I'm, you know, creating waves. It is, am I doing so? That was the second part that he talked about where he said the the Lord Jesus could have done so many things or was, you know, capable of doing almost everything. But he kept his focus on the very purpose for which he came, which was to go to the cross. So it's not that I'm doing something. It's not that, unquote, I'm successful. It is, am I fulfilling the very purpose for which the maker created me? Like I said, we are Pentecostals. We, if they ask you, you say you're Pentecostal, then you say some people do religion. Now, you notice something that happens in the Orthodox churches. When people come into church, there's a way they behave. There's a way they walk. They bow. You know why? Because they're in the holy temple of God. The temple of God is holy. Now, the Bible says you, me, point to yourself. You are the temple of God. That changes everything. So before you went to the temple of God, now you are carrying, you are the temple of God. So when we gather, we are a congregation of the temples of God. And then he makes our gatherings the temple of God. Praise the Lord. So that's very important. And then just on that part, something that um, I learned, I believe the Spirit of God was teaching me recently. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking says, um, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Okay? And, you know, the Spirit of God asked me, a branch that goes off and comes back. (laughs) You see, you're laughing now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You say, imagine a branch of a tree that on Sunday is joined. On Wednesday is joined. Monday, it leaves this tree. I've gone to church on Sunday. Then goes and does some other things. Then comes back. Just like our brother was saying, wherever you are, Whatever is going on, he is divine and you are the branch. We'll receive grace in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that clarification. Purpose is simply pleasing your maker. You know, we didn't make ourselves. You know, like we've said already, it's interesting and funny how people claim independence. If they did it in any other sphere of life, they'll be in jail. 
There are things we can't even say in Nigeria today. Or else you say that, and they say that they are guilty of, um, what was that this thing again? Treason. Meanwhile, you have your mouth. Nobody born you. Eh? But the person will create you. Eh? Who formed you in your mother's womb? Then you just get to a particular age, maybe 18 years, and say, I'm this, I'm that. You know, you look at yourself, full man. You say, I'm a woman. And then if somebody calls you man, he has offended you. You understand? I mean, do you, do you know what that means? Even the copyright laws, laws that if you take a product and misname it, you can even be punished for it. These are products that people copied from here, from here to make. But the one who originated and made all things by himself, then people just get up one day. I, 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 just imagine, a human being gets up and says, there is no God. Abba, where did you come from? He says, Big Bang. Where did Big Bang come from? Or why is it not still banging? You know, it's just amazing our craziness. <laughs> then they say it's evolution. Why have we stopped ev- ev- evoluting? Eh? No, it's true. I, I, like I said, well, sometime I was in Lagos. I said if evolution were true, people in cities like Lagos and uh, uh, is it Mumbai, India, in some parts, New York, there will be flight. We're in Abuja, we're enjoying. You get up in Lagos, you're going somewhere, you call someone, I'll be there in two hours. Eight hours, you haven't moved. Evolution should make people fly in such environments. Why have we stopped? You know, but just the thing is, man is crazy. We are crazy. Without God, we are mad. Praise the Lord. We do not have the requisite information to judge in a lot of situations. You know, and most importantly, we're looking at ourselves because where the whole problem comes is when we look at our lives and we either say success or failure, you know, and then you ask on what basis and you look at it and you see that the basis you're using, you know, they're not the basis given to you by your maker. You know, still talking about Genesis as the root of all of them. You know, Genesis 1.26 says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then he goes on to say, Let them have, you know, dominion over the births of the end over. And you know, as I was meditating on that scripture, what I began to receive was that one of the greatest, you know, measurements of success or fulfillment of purpose that you should check is self-control. And that is what... You know, Adam and Eve also lost because they put them in the garden and said that man should do what? Tend and keep it. So it meant everything in that garden was supposed to be under Adam and Eve's control. So imagine when something, you know, on the ground started controlling them. That's where we are. Praise God. So you and I have been commissioned by God to control every other thing. How come so many other things are controlling us? Praise God. Let them have dominion over all creeping things, birds of the air, everything. So you can say to yourself, so, so. You know, you can say rejoice, and again I say rejoice, in spite of circumstances. That's how come the Apostle Paul will be able to say, I've learned in every state that I am, whether abounding or what, I've learned to be content. That is that authority, that is entering into that success. You know, praise God. I I think part of what is our issue is that the word of God is not given its place 
in the life of Christians. You know, sometimes you say something that is in the Bible and then you appear as if you're too serious. You want to go to a medical doctor that, you know, will look at his medical books. Say, this professor is too serious. Let me try this one that just occurred to me. Nobody will want to do that. You don't want to fly a plane where the pilot, you know, from time to time decides not to go by, um, you know, the engineering books. You want him to be 100% orthodox, isn't it? Now, we come to Christianity and then the things that the Bible says. The Bible says, judge nothing before it's time. When is this time? When Jesus appears. Judge nothing. So, who is a success? You know, you hear some people want to talk, say, his church is a big church. What do you mean by big church? His church is a small church. He's a small man of God. He's a big man of God. Based on whose criteria is he big or small? Hallelujah. And one person in the Bible, excuse me, that the Bible said will be great by, you know, just for our information, John the Baptist will be great. He was beheaded. If John the Baptist lived now, he didn't even have anything. For them to describe John the Baptist, they described him by what he wore, which means that was the only one he wore. Do you understand? He didn't change attire. One. So he mustn't have been rich. And his message wasn't that accepted. No king invited him to banquets. We're in a season where, you know, pastors want to be acknowledged as top 100 pastors. 50 most influential men of God. Influencing where? They taught us in school of disciples, there is a place you need to be known. Noted in heaven, noted on earth, and then noted in hell. When the demons hear your name and they shake, then you, you have arrived. It doesn't, politicians don't need to know you. But that's what we call powerful now. So when Christians have programs, they make extra effort to get politicians to, you know, support it, to be present. Why? Because that gives clout. The Holy Spirit doesn't move with clout. The men who were in the upper room on the day that the Holy Spirit came had no clout. When they even looked at them, they said, which school did they attend? These are unlearned men. They had no pedigree. Praise God. So our issue is that we don't take the word of God seriously enough. Because if you did, ah, there's a liberty that you enter into. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so th- this evening, uh, during the week, the Lord was just saying, you know, different things to me. And I was trying to write it down. And, um, you know, like I told us, I'm used to pen on paper and sometimes when I write on my phone it's difficult for me to see it very well so I'm going to try as much as possible you know to pick up all the thoughts I touch on all the things that uh, I was being reminded of you know from Sunday one of the ones already I've said it here that a product a person can actually do so many things it's it's like you know I I think our, our lecturers capture that one very well the Nigerian lecturers, when they give you an exam, what do they say? Say, give me, <laughs> give it to me verbatim. If you miss that, you have failed, no matter how brilliant you are. I don't know how good that one is. <laughs> Praise God. But you see, the maker, thank God there are not our makers, but the maker of a product has the right to say, this is what I want it to do and any deviation from that is failure 
Uh, our brother, um, Barrister Tony, referred to the beginning. And if you go to um, Genesis 11, we, we can start from that for this evening. Genesis 11, just to <clears throat> pull down those strongholds and things. Genesis 11, we have the account of the world. It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Okay, verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina and dwelt there. Three. It says, then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Now stop here. I want you to think, where did they go wrong? Hallelujah! Come on, put your hands together for this anointed boy. He said, because God had told that they should, but that they should fill the whole world. Any deviation from the maker's instruction, no matter how successful, no matter how brilliant, no matter how intelligent it might appear, is failure. Look at it. They got together. They had innovation. They had inspiration. Inspiration was, let us build something. They, they got technology. They made bricks for mortars. Had asphalt. And they started building and coming. It's the type of thing that we see. say, what? Something is happening here. But whatever was happening there was against God's instruction. Simple. Praise God. Simple. It was success, but it was failure before God. And you understand this? It will give you a power outside of this place when you go out. You see things, you know, things going on, and it just doesn't move. It's just like, you know, I mean, I, I say that all the time. I have no regard for a man, no matter how rich he is, if I don't know the testimony of how he made the money. I give you the same honor I give any other man. But that thing in the world that makes you see a rich man or hear somebody is, you know, seven times billionaire and start shaking before him. One of them in Nigeria, some of you may have seen that. One of the very people that they are calling everywhere as mentors for young people, giving speeches, lying speeches, bobo that, you know, they're not telling exactly what happened. They said MFLA gave him how many billion, some of us may have seen that news, how many billion dollar loan. He hasn't paid. Do you understand? And then you, you respect and honor this man for, for stealing your money. Do you know that 90% of the people who call billionaires in this country are the ones running down Nigeria? Amcon, they're the ones running down the system because they liquidate. You put your 100,000, you put your 5 million in the bank, they liquidate the bank. You wonder what are they doing with this money? I think most of them must be very bad gamblers. Most of them, after this message, go and search it. The names you hear, Google it, see how much they own, you will weep. You will lose every respect for them. And then when Christians will have programs and invite them to speak, that's the one that breaks my heart. They have programs and invite them. That you have responded to mammon. Meanwhile, there will be people in their midst that are honorable. People in their midst that have dignity. But because they don't have that kind of money, Christians won't value them. May God deliver us. You know, just turning everything upside down. Look at Tower of Babel. Everything was perfect. The building they were building wouldn't even have fallen like the ones that are falling in Lagos and Abuja today. The building would have stood. God said this thing will stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it was not in line with his what? Purpose. Praise God. 
Okay? So it says the greatest fear or concern any person should have is that his maker or manufacturer should reject it himself. We gave an illustration on Sunday that if a child took my phone, you know, mistakenly or some whatever for destructive whatever, and smashed it on the wall, it's not a shame to the phone. Because that person doesn't know the value of the phone. But if Samsung says this phone, return it, will refund you your money. That's a shame on the phone. Because it means the one who invested in you has given up on you. Praise God. So what am I saying? As you're listening to me now, it doesn't matter if the world calls you useless. Some of us husbands, wives have said to us, yeah, 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 man. You cannot buy me shoe. You cannot buy me uh, uh, this. You can't do this. You're useless. You're not useless. Just allow her. Dwell with her with understanding. It's money wahala. It's everywhere. Do you understand? You're not useless. When you're useless is when the one who made you looks at you and says, I've weighed you in the balance. That's your wife that weighed you in the balance and found nothing. She should improve her judgment because she chose you. You chose your yeah, man. Do you understand? It's when God looks at you. Do you understand? The same thing, you know, with when men, you know, maybe for fruit of the womb, you know, look at their wives and say useless and all of that. Because she can't have a child or she hasn't had a child, she's now useless to you. Anna that prayed Jesus in. How many children did they tell us she had? If not for Anna and Simeon, maybe by, by now we would have still been on that. We wouldn't even have any gospel. But because of their faithfulness, Jesus was given, the promise was given to them, you will not see death until you see the Lord's Messiah. So who is that person that will tell you you're a failure? They're wasting their time. If you have this understanding, they're not your maker. Only the maker of a product should call it failure and then it should bother him. Praise the Lord. Okay. We read um, Revelation 4.11 on Sunday. It says that worthy to receive glory, honor, and power for that created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. Now, another thing we learned in this, you know, time that we're looking at purpose is very important. Is that I, you, all of us, the product that is created. Let me talk about God now because it might not be applicable to the rest. This passage says, for you created all things and by your will, for your pleasure, King James Version, that helps us better. And for your pleasure, they are and were created. I want you to notice something here. It will also help us as we secure ourselves in God's purpose. Is that we were not created so that God will eat. So in essence, we're not creatures of essence. We're not creatures of necessity. I don't know if you're getting me. No, no. God said, let us make man. Godhead didn't need accommodation. And they say, let us make man. So they'll build us a house. In fact, in as much as God inhabits our praise and loves our worship, God was not starved of praise and worship. And he said, let us make man so they worship me. Are you with me? When they say, let us make what, what did he say? Let's make them in mean, Let them have dominion. It was far Just Now, that is very important. Why is that important? Because if I understand that God did not have any essential need before he made me, then it gives me a sense of humility in dealing with God. You see, I hope this helps someone. First Samuel 15, 22 and 23. There's a scripture there that we know very well. It says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Okay, for the Lord does not delight in 
Then verse 23 of it says, 23, it says this disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, you know what witchcraft is? You know what witchcraft is? Witch. <laughs> Do you understand? And then they're saying to disobey is as witchcraft. Have you ever thought about it? You know, we read the Bible and we don't think of some things. You know why it's like that? Because when God tells me to do something and I don't do it, I know I'm not doing it, and I do something else, expecting God to accept it. You know what I've done? I have stepped out of where I am as creation or creature and entered behind creator to tell him this is what you should want. Some of us have sent people on errands and they did opposite of what you send them to do. Then when they come back, they're telling you why you should be glad that they did what they did. What they're saying is that I sent you to send me. <laughs> I seen it now. So you begin to understand obedience. That's why God will say it is as witchcraft. Because what is witchcraft? Witchcraft is manipulation and control. So it's all right, you know. Praise God. God is so good. Do you understand? We've learned here weakness of a man or a woman before God is not a problem. Rebellion is a problem. If God says you do something, you fall on your knees. God, this thing, ah, I don't know how to do it. I can't do it. Too. This thing I can't do is difficult for me. Lord, help me. He will help you. But when God says do something, you hear him. You calculate what God told you. You check the coordinates. It doesn't make sense. Then you now do your own and bring to him and say, Lord, I actually thought about what you said I should do. And when I concluded, I found out that it's better we do it this way. You have become a witch. Because you have now come to tell God, I want to control you. But you know, that's what we do in so-called religion. In you know, our relationship with God. So people are living disobedient, rebellious lives. But they use different things to, you know, appease God. And then the, the men in, uh, what, what do they call us? Men in cloak. Encourage them. That's part of why Martin Luther had to rebel against the Catholic Church. You know, you sin, you pay. There, in fact, there were prizes or lists of the penance you pay that you pay for different sins. So you can actually save up for your sin. And then once you pay, you're absolved from any responsibility. What witchcraft is like that? So God says, don't do something. You plan to go and do it. But you keep the money that you were used to. <laughs> eh? It's like somebody entering politics in Nigeria. You, you, do you understand? But when you understand that God, my creator, your creator. Now, I think this helps us for, even for gifts of the spirit and all of that. No matter how gifted I am as a preacher, as a singer, as whatever it is, I must understand that my gift does not impress God. He gave it to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you can't be proud if you understand some basic things. When you sing, everybody falls down under the anointing. When you preach, you know, people float in the air. That should make you more indebted to God. Because it means he gave you more. No, be so. But because we forget that he created us for pleasure and he doesn't depend on us. That thing that God uses you to do, he can do it without you doing it. Praise God. You preach, people give their lives to Christ. The Holy Spirit has convicted men without a word. Do you know, praise God, one of the testimonies on, on Saturday when we were doing evangelism. While we are busy, you know, sharing the word of God with a young man, a, someone a bit middle-aged, a bit elderly, was there almost crying beside us. Nobody had spoken to him. We were sharing the gospel with a, a young man. This person came and was almost weeping under conviction. 
No word. When we finished, he was just saying, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. We had not preached to him. Do you understand? So many times we can think that we are adding something to God's economy. No. <laughs> He's God. Do you understand? He's God. We're not. Because those are the roots of manipulation and, you know, people getting proud and thinking they're up to something. You know? You look at yourself and you think that if I didn't come, will anything happen? Before you were born, things were happening. When they bury you, things will still happen. Praise God. Okay? Another thing we pick also is that you won't be able to pursue purpose and at the same time pursue additional things. You know, like popularity, you know, even friendship. You know, I've seen a couple of movies and there's something you pick in some of those movies that have all these um, government agents, government security agents. The best amongst them don't have family. They don't even know where they come from. So that there's no assignment they give them that any consideration will influence. Now, as Christians, we are not going to be taken out of family. But remember, Lord Jesus Christ says that he that does not love me more than his father and mother. Do you understand? Why is that so? Because, you see, any of those things, if you try to please father, you will miss purpose. There are testimonies, even in our time, of people who gave their lives to Christ. Young ladies that their parents pushed out of the house. Now, after a season of wilderness and all of that, the same parents have come and embraced them. Imagine if such a person, you know, had that experience and turned her back on Christ and then had her father's love. Then maybe, you know, something happens, the father dies, she doesn't give her life, whatever. In eternity, when she looks at her life, do you understand? Nothing else is to be compared. When you are pursuing purpose, ah, just know that the promise and the faithfulness of God is this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? Inherently, ultimately, you know, finally, all things shall be added. If not in this life, in the life to come. But if you have your eyes on both, you can't go far. Amen? When you discover that purpose, just seek it. You want to please God, that's all. God in his mercy, God in his faithfulness, will satisfy your mouth with good things. But if you're looking for the two, ah, the devil is, uh, so he says in Matthew 6, 24, he says you cannot, <laughs> you know before, there's some things you take for granted in the scripture, Matthew 6, 24. He says you cannot serve two masters. All the time, I used to read that scripture as you can't serve two masters at the same time. That's, I used to think it that way, you can't serve two masters. But he said you can't serve what? Even at different times. <laughs> you understand? No, you can't. It doesn't work. You can't serve two masters. You know, you want to serve weekends, you're a choir, you know, spirit sister. Weekdays, you're an Instagram, you know, trender. Or maybe as a businessman, amongst your business friends, you're just, you know, they know you as a Chicago, whatever. Then, you know, when you come to church, they know you as a Dickin. <laughs> no, no, you can't serve two masters. It's not possible. No matter how you arrange it, no matter how you plan it, it won't work. Why? Because you see, the human being is gifted. We have two eyes, but your two eyes can look at two different locations at the same time. You know the wisdom of God? Try. Can you look to the left and to the right at the same time? You know what will happen? You will see nothing. <laughs> 
Some little things they gave us to understand. You can't serve two masters. So when you understand this purpose, just pursue it. The mercy of God is that, you know, like I was trying to say on Sunday, there are processes in discovering it. So you, you not wake up one day and know all of it. But as you're going, you're going to be getting deviations and they push you, you know, on this side, they push you on this side, they cut off some things on here, you know, and you realize, okay, that thing that I was pursuing wasn't necessarily it. Then you, you keep adjusting. The faithfulness of it gives, he keeps purifying us in this journey. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So it means that after this season, we're going to be even further purified in our pursuit of purpose and in our focus in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, another thing, very interesting one now, is that as we talk about purpose, we said on Sunday that um, my purpose is not what I like to do. At least with my own experience, you people agree. Eh? But I think I can single. I just think you people don't have good ears. <laughs> you know, you need to upgrade your ears. <laughs> In my heart, oh no, you people don't know what you're missing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Now, you don't necessarily have to like or love your purpose. That's another one you should take home. You don't necessarily. Oh, no. Anybody tell you that is not telling you the truth. James and John, you saw what God planned for them. What did they want? That's not what they wanted. They wanted to balance. They said in your kingdom. They didn't say in the process of Remember. They say in your kingdom, that they had bypassed all the sufferings. They didn't want any part. They said in your kingdom, you know, James on the right, John on the left, finito. <laughs> That's what they wanted. But what did they get? James beheaded first. The first. Now, you look at such a thing and you wonder, what does the beheading of James do for the church? It will humble them. You know, like I was trying to, you know, explain on Sunday. When, when you hear some people talk, you will think that God took permission from them before the sun came out. The best of man is still a man. So there are ways people talk. You know that there is something. You just see an air of pride. James was beheaded. The Bible didn't explain to us. The early church didn't know what happened. In the same environment... Peter was rescued, miraculous, to let you know that power was never lacking. In other words, you and God are not mates. I worship forever. I, I, I can't come and understand everything, but I'm to trust in all things. Because some people will make you think that, ah, if you had just done it like this, or they tell you do it this way, do it this way. And sure, banker, let me not go into some things. How God humbles men who think they are God's. You just talk, talk, talk. He'll do one thing. You'll have no answer. You just the same, mm, mm. Because she didn't want to close your mouth. You know, <laughs> God has a way of making dumb, you know, people who think that's something. They beheaded James. No explanation. Peter was put in, supposed to be next in line. They didn't even have enough faith. But God brought out Peter and brought him back to them. And Peter lived to be old. Herod, God killed him. Was it that he was slow to act? No, he knew all of that. Okay, anyway, so I'm saying that you don't necessarily have to like or love your purpose, okay? Let me complete that statement. But you must embrace it. What did I say? Embrace it. He that desires to come after me must what? Deny himself and take up his cross. 
Is that denying that takes away your having to like it? You see, if you got born again, all of us got born again. Now, when you do joy force training, how many of us are in joy force training now, current joy force training? Any of them here? Okay, God bless you. When you're done with your class, they might ask you to say the department you want to serve in, right? When we did our own joy force training, you don't say where you want to serve in. They put you wherever they want to put you. So you say, I like children. They put you in children's church. You say, I don't like standing. So they don't put you in ushery. Now, I don't know if I like standing. I think I like standing. But my wife didn't like standing. But they just put us in ushery. And those days, when we went to redemption camp, sometimes you start ushering by 5 p.m. And you end up ushering by 5 a.m. Oh, yes. And you do the standing. He says, he that must first of all deny what? And then take up his cross. The challenge is when you want to say, I'm not the kind of person, I'm not the kind of person, I'm not. Once you're saying that, you have not come to purpose because the one who made you is the one who is sending you. Now, so you don't have to like it, but you must embrace it when it's given to you. You know, the Bible is so beautiful. The passage that I think Pastor Livingstone shared with us from that on Tuesday, where Lord Jesus Christ talking to uh, the disciples in John chapter 4 after um, he had ministered to the woman at the well. When he was saying to the disciples, my meat, they were wondering who has given him food. He said, my meat or my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. Now, that statement is very interesting. Praise God. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. How many of us have had children around us? When you give a child the food he's enjoying, do you fight for him to finish My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So the food is also work. Who do they say finish, finish, finish? It's food that they are not enjoying. Is someone hearing me this evening now? He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Food that you enjoy, finishing is not part of it. Let me try and finish this food. It means that that food has come if Jesus was talking about just that normal food, you say my food is just to enjoy the will of him who sent me. But in star food, there are parts of it you don't like. But he says, I will embrace it. Praise the Lord. I will do what? I will embrace it. You know, there are preachers that like to preach. You know, my wife was telling me the other day, I don't like to preach. If you have observed me, the days I don't preach, when you look at me, what do you see? Ah... Is it walking on the sunshine? Do you understand? I'm telling you, I don't like to preach, but it's my work. My work is to do it and to finish it. Do you understand? <laughs> I get what I'm saying. No, I saw that I have come in Paul. Paul said, if I preach not the gospel, eh, he said, woe is me. He said, necessity is laid on me. That is when you find out your calling, your assignment, your purpose. It's a necessity. It's not enjoyment. There are some people who enjoy it. God bless them. Do you understand? For me to stand and preach to you, I die. I die. I'm telling you. I can't repeat it enough. Sometimes I want to just, you know, I can pass here and go. You people will know. But then, woe is me. You see, it's like I'm constrained, but I just wish this thing will pass. Then it will pass, then another one will come. And then I feel if I call somebody, I say, do this, I would have failed in my assignment. That's what purpose is like. It's like those women that they go into the bathroom. 
And while they are pushing the baby, they are insulting their husband. Yeah, yeah, man, don't come near me again. This and that, this and that. Next day, they are back. <laughs> and then the nursing mother will say, shut up. <laughs> eh? Do you understand what we're talking about? He said, shut up. Next time you come again. My friend, keep quiet. That's why most of those women are almost insensitive. So woe is me if I preach. Your purpose, you don't have to enjoy it, but there will be something that lets you know, like you will have no joy if you don't carry it out. You won't have joy. You won't have fulfillment. You know, you won't be yourself. And then the, the worst part of it is when you now see what you are supposed to have done or be doing, not being done. You don't blame anybody. You blame yourself. You know that this one is not his failure or her failure. It is your failure. God will help us in Jesus' name. So the wise person, what does he do? He prays and walks towards enjoying. In fact, the Holy Spirit said to me, do you know why our Lord Jesus spent so long time in prayer while he was on earth? He had no needs that, I mean, if he needed food, he can call up fish. He can call up bread. Isn't that? Jesus did not pray for his needs. You know what he prayed? He prayed to enjoy his purpose. His prayer was embracing the purpose. That's why when also you have a spiritual assignment. That's why in church, when people are giving assignments and they think it's just sweeping or it's just mixing microphone, that's why we have issues. Because nothing done in God's house is just this. Everything done in God's house is spiritual. Holding the mic and speaking, is it not English I'm speaking? Uh-huh. Without the spirit of God at the back of it, what you'll be hearing eh? tomato, some paper. The man is still speaking the English he's speaking. You won't hear anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? A brother was sharing a testimony that a scripture was read and he connected with it and used it to break a pattern you know, that he had been you know, wanting to break for years. What, who does that? It's not what I spoke. It is the spirit and life in the world. Now spirit and life should be behind the cameraman. It should be behind the mixer. It should be behind the usher. It should be behind the children's church teachers. And you can see it's behind the children's church teachers for the type of children we are producing. It should be everywhere. That's how God's work is done. Because if not, you'll be in the flesh. And the flesh profited. The flesh profits nothing. So Jesus spent time in prayer. Listen, our Lord Jesus prayed. Say, Father, not my will, but what? That should tell us what he prays all the time. When he gets up in the morning and goes to a secret place to pray, what's he pray? He says, I'm God. I'm your son. I have power. I have glory. I have all of that with you. But I'm supposed to submit as a man. I receive the grace. So he takes off his uh, divinity and receives humanity in prayer. But for us, the opposite is the case. When we go to prayer, we take off our humanity and receive divinity. So if you're not praying, you don't even know what we're talking about. That's why the man of God that has understanding doesn't joke with prayer. You can't pray for me. All the prayers you pray for me, I still need my prayer. That's why you see some men of God, they say, okay, okay, I'll just handle it. They open the book, they find the page and preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's Kekena Pep and there's a motorbike. Maybe some of them are, you know, a BMW motorbike. Some of us. We are mobilet. How many of us are old enough to know mobilet? <laughs> mobilet, you have to, you know. We, we are coming from a very far place. So we need God every time. That's it. So your purpose, oh no, you understand it. Even in marriage, 
Do you understand? Even as a woman marrying a husband, you need God to help you. Because, you see, as we are talking about purpose, there are multi-dimensions. One of the things we said is this. He said, let them have dominion, Abby. That dominion for the mind. Say, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And did what? Gave himself. Before you talk your wife to submit, you should talk about you giving yourself to her. Praise the Lord. You need to pray that into yourself. So you can give yourself to her. It's not always this woman you have to submit. Anybody talking like that has not understood what it's about. If you know what it means to give yourself for her, you will say, please, can you not submit so that I can also not give? (laughs) Do you understand? As Christ loved the church, you know where Christ came from? He came from the Godhead. Came as a man. He was not enough. He became obedient to the point of death. While he was on the journey, he was stripping off. He washed Peter's feet. You can imagine Peter's feet. Eh? What have you washed for your wife? Eh? You need prayer. <laughs> Listen, purpose is because we don't understand it. That's why we take a lot. As a businessman, sir, as a businesswoman, you need prayer to function in that environment like God wants you. And, and the thing is this, is that it's because we don't see the big picture. Listen, any environment you find yourself in, you are God's representative. And to represent God, you need power. If you're there to do your will, it's okay. But do you know what God can do? Do you know what God wants to do? Do you know what God has purpose to do? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they gave us a bit of it. They got into an environment where 100 was the pass mark. That's called 1,000. Somebody say, I receive it. I say receive it. You see, in that environment where you work, you can so shatter the ceiling. That's what we are talking about. God wants to take you and display you. Even friends and foe, they will sit down and have meet. They sat down and had a meeting concerning Daniel. Their conclusion was, this thing is not from here. We have to disconnect him. Didn't Nicodemus say the same thing about Jesus? He said, no man can do the things that you do except what? That is where you... Let's rise on our feet, so I'll try and close. Let's rise on our feet. Praise God. In the Old Testament, Genesis, it says, let us make man in our image. Let them have dominion. That's Old Testament. New Testament, Acts 1a, what does it say? It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. It means that you... You, sister, you, my brother, you, my wife, you, 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 every one of us here are supposed to operate in a way that somebody that encounters us will say, I witness God. Praise the Lord. So anything else that can be witnessed without God is not your purpose. That's where we began on Sunday. So we will make money, but money with a testimony. Money that has a story behind the glory. We will rise in our places of work, but not the rising that, you know, people are saying, who, who did he, you know, where did they knock him? No, none of those things. It is the rising that everyone will say, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous. In that office, you will bring wisdom, you will bring solutions that only God can bring. They had a problem in the kingdom and they said, this thing that you're asking for, the people who were talking about were the consultants. So they were the leaders. They were the magicians. They were the chief astrologers in the Babylonian kingdom. They say, King, this thing you're asking of is not with men. 
expatriates don't have the answer. Okay? Even Indians don't have the answer. Japanese, China, nobody has the answer. This thing you're asking for is from God. You will bring the answer. Let's begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You will bring the answer. You will bring the wisdom. You will manifest that. Lord, behold your sons and daughters. Ah, kaposhe kadadada. Makala dododo. For your glory, Lord. Anoint them. Uncommon wisdom. Uncommon insight. Uncommon resolve. Ah, le kaposhe kadadada. Lord, behold your church. These are your sons and daughters. They are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which you prepared beforehand. Ah, power. You're a wife here yeah, and you have a difficult, impossible husband. There was an anointing on her big girl. She neutralized Nabal's foolishness until he died. She so married him successfully that the, a fool prospered. Is someone hearing me? It's an anointing. You can marry that man and his foolishness will not be seen again. You can marry that woman and whatever is wrong with her will not be seen again. It is an anointing. It's a purpose. It's purpose. I have formed you and ordained thee a prophet to the nations, to that workplace, to the marketplace, to the schools, to the finance industry, to politics. Lord, this is me. This is your church. This is where you have sent me to raise you men and women. Be, let those words become spirit and life. Let it answer for them in the moment of test. Let it navigate them. Let it make them present in that hour. In the name of Jesus Christ. There's a prayer you're going to pray for yourself. God, your maker, your creator. He said to tell you that being a wise master builder. Nothing that you have gone through is to waste. Did somebody hear me? God has no regrets. He's a repackager. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. The Bible says, and we know that in all things, God works work together for the good of those. What he's saying, he said to me, tell them. He said, Esther, possibly, I don't know. But if Esther were raised by her parents, maybe she would not have come out like she did. It took a Mordecai. So she mourned her parents. She was an orphan. But God used that her position and placed her under the tutelage of Mordecai, who we don't know whether he had a child. So see another situation there. But Esther and Mordecai together saved the nation. The Jews that are now, I don't like what they're doing, killing you know, Palestinians unnecessarily. But Haman would have wiped them out. But for a man, we have no history of his family. And the young girl that her own parents were wiped away, God walked all of them together. And the deliverer was found. Don't cry about that situation. Lift it up to God. Lift it up to God. Tell him, Lord, hey, hey. some of us were shut out by some things. You were shut out to be shut into. There is a purpose. There are things that have been denied. There is a purpose. There are things that they would not let you eat. They will not let you sign into. That, Lord, tonight I cease to weep. 
it's God we are talking about it's God we are talking about times are in his hands times are in his hands tell him you are God from the beginning of my days there is no place for argument there is no situation in my life that I will tell God had you been here I know I worship you I worship you brother he does not sleep so he saw it sister he does not slumber his hands were not incapacitated Lord I worship you Lord I thank you for your purpose is prospering in me Lord I thank you You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.